Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Angel. In front of me is a very special guest. He's a, he's a very close friend of mine. He's someone that I can relate to. He's someone that's actually very relatable to, I feel like, a lot of the listeners. He's a father, he's a business owner, he's a big car enthusiast, he's a, he's a YouTube influencer. In front of me, I have the one and only Cal Acosta. Hey, what's up, Angel? What's up, everybody? So, I, f- first and foremost, brother, uh, I've always respected your hustle. I've always respected your grind. Uh, so, so, so explain to me, uh, you know, what is it that you do in, in your business? Yeah, so right now, um, I've been in the automotive world for about 15 years now. Started off as a mechanic, did restoration, and just kind of got to the point where I wanted to do something on my own. So now I do mobile detailing. This is the first step in where I want to be eventually. So eventually after this, maybe like a year or two down the line, I want to have my own shop, my own detailing shop, but it's going to be more like a one-stop shop. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so like, I, again, you know, I, I feel like being a millennial in 2020, you know, working on cars is, is kind of like a, I hate to say it, but like a dead trait. No yeah. one, no one knows what they're doing. No one knows what they're talking about. And you know, now you have these new age cars that like, mm-hmm. Oh, we have certain parts that you don't have to replace, but you know how 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 beneficial could that be to someone if you can't change your own oil? And yeah. I guess you know, just hearing what you're doing, it's like, you know, that I, I want I need to get new tires yeah. and an oil change <laughs> and and my catalytic converter looked at because I think someone stole it. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, so 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 uh, take 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 me through your, your your thought process. Why why did you you know jump into this? Yeah, I mean. Most importantly, I've, I've grown up in, in a world where if someone can see that they can take advantage of you, they will. Yeah. So that was originally why I became a mechanic, because I figured if I'm paying somebody a lot of money for me, I want to know what they're doing. Right. And there's a lot of people that won't tell you what they're doing. So I was like, OK, let me let me try and learn this myself. If I can learn this myself, then I could help everybody else. Right. And that's where it started. So. With the way things are now, you're right. You know, like a lot of the technology is getting better on cars. Everything has to do with computers and stuff like that. So that just makes everybody else that's kind of outdated more vulnerable. Yeah. And that would include my family, my parents, my friends. So if I can help everybody out or as many people as I can, you know, in my neighborhood or just everywhere around the world, you know, yeah. then why not? And and, and and I see like like your detail work, man, because I mean, uh, you know, I, I live in Las Vegas. Right. Mm. And and everyone, you know, there, I, I feel like that's a that's a very big emerging business. A lot of people just come up with their own teams and they, you know, they're off in the street corner, you know, promoting themselves and, yeah. you know, all the power to them. Because I know that that's a, you know, a respectful grind. But when I see like your pages and stuff like yeah. that, I'm like that that dude's using equipment and stuff and things that I feel no one else is using. And then when I see like the end result of like your detail work, I'm like. Mm. Yo, that looks like a new car almost, like especially on the outside. So so take me through the process with that. Like what what is it that you do? Like uh, well, you know what? I, I married a passion that that most Latinos have. You know, I used to wake up early in the morning, mom and dad, hey, it's time to clean. Yeah. I married that with my my love for cars, you know. So I started off with just basic equipment and stuff that I needed, you know, polishes and everything, and then I started getting into the heavier stuff as I made progress. But I mean, the, the thing is, it's for me, it's just a joy to be able to have one of your biggest investments become what it was the first time that you had it. Yeah. You know, and that kind of like reinvigorates somebody yeah. to like go outside or go do, go do their hustle or anything like that. Because 
a lot of times, like I just just yesterday, I had car wash for one of my friends, one of my high school friends, and she told me, you know what? She's like, I've been having a hard time. Um, my nephew's in the hospital. He has liver damage. Oh wow! He drank a lot. She's like, but you know what? This is my break from all the drama that I have in my world, and seeing my car clean makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. So you know, so it's it, it translates into something different. You yeah. know, So. From what it sounds like, you have like the ability to essentially, you know, uh, cars mean a lot to people because you're in, I mean, especially in Los Angeles, you're in them four or five hours a day at a time. Right. And, and, uh, you know, being in a commute and staying in a car that has like your filth and smells like, you know, the the, the food from the day before that, that can't be too good on your mental health. But but the way that you're, you know, perceiving it and the way that I I feel like you, you put your hand in your work is like. Well, I, I can at least brighten this person's day exactly. by making you know what ha- exceeding their expectations on how they want their car to look. Exactly, and, and that's and that, that's very respectful because uh, I know when I first met you, you uh, I don't know if you still do, but you, you had a, a Subaru. Oh yeah, bro, that's <laughs> there, bro, it's there. Like I, I knew it was you driving into the office every morning, and I'm like, <laughs> Yo, Cal's here. How can you tell? How can yeah. you not tell outside? You know, <laughs> right? but 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 at the same time, it it. It, I, I always made like, you know, not, not necessarily fun, but I stereotype people that yeah, were into cars. Yeah. And then I saw you and then I saw your car and I'm like, oh, no, this guy's legit. No, th- this guy likes <laughs> genuinely likes racing. So yeah. so so th- I know that's a part of your passion. So so take me through that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my love for cars started a really long time ago with my dad. He bought me my first Lowrider magazine. Really? And when I opened that magazine, I saw a 1938 Chevy Master Deluxe. That's the car that I first fell in love with. Right. Now, this is a car back from, you know, the 30s and 40s and a whole bunch of, like, gangster stuff behind it. But here in the culture in L.A., that was a thing to do. Yeah. You know, so he bought me my first subscription and everything just started from there. Anything cars, I loved. NASCAR. Yeah, I remember that. Formula One, all that stuff. You know, and then it just got to the point where it's like, I also started thinking about it. The car is one of the most revolutionary inventions in this world right there have been so many different types steam cars electric cars gasoline cars propane cars everything and there's so many people that take it for granted so i was like why are they doing that you know this is like insane someone just woke up one day and said hey i'll make an internal combustion engine right and then started doing that or hey you know this is considered horsepower so we're going to add this into the car right it just fascinated me to a whole different level. So, so like the, took, the engineering of it all, really. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, for the for the Subaru, it took me ten years. Ten years from the first time that my friend picked me up to go to mechanic school. I heard that rumble coming down at four a.m. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I was like, did this guy have an STI? Yeah. Sure enough, pulls up right in front of me, two thousand seven blue STI. Yeah. And I was like, his name was Ross at the time. He's like what are you doing? Like, how, how did you not tell me that you had one? Right. You know, and my love for that car started then. And it took me 10 years. I remember having a picture on my desk at Kaiser when I worked at Kaiser. And I was like, I'm gonna get this one day. I'm gonna get this one day. And from the people that I listen to, motivational speakers are like, you know, post it up, think about it every day, make it reality. 10 Dang. years later, here I am. So, and, and that's the crazy thing too, because not like, I, I'm a guy, right? And, and when, when men buy their toys, they, you know, they, they like taking care of them. I've always felt with you, you know, I, 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 drove, a, I drove a Hyundai Kia. <laughs> There's nothing important <laughs> about that thing. It just got me from point A to point B. Yeah. But, but when it came to you and, and how I saw like your devotion into your car, like 
yo, I had to, you know, re rechange this and blah, blah. And I'm like, yo, my, my G, if, if, if you're having that problem again and again, you know, I, I, I don't know what, what I could tell you. <laughs> but, but then like, I started like, you started talking more about it. I'm like, oh, this guy actually puts his car into work. That's why, yeah. like, you, 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 I remember, uh, you know, you telling me like constant issues that you were having. Mm -hmm. And then I would see your videos. I'm like, oh, I think I found your problem. I don't, I don't know if you're supposed to be doing 120 the whole time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I mean, it just, it happens like that. When you're passionate about something, yeah, you get into this, this thing that nobody can take you out of it. I mean, with a lot of Subaru owners, that's the frustration. You spent so much money on your car, so why not get rid of it? But it's just mm. the passion of knowing that, you know, again, you're getting it back to where it was or you're making it better than what it was. Right. And as many times as I want to just go home and sell that car, the minute that I drive that car, I feel like nothing else matters. Really? I mean, I, again, I feel like because you have such a you know heavy hand in your engine yeah. and like that, that's that's all you. You know, yeah. I, I, you could pop a hood right now and be like, that's a cable. Yeah. And that's a fan for me. I, 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 that, that, that's it. But when it comes yeah. to you, you're like, I remember you just like. Even even in a full shirt and tie, popping your hood in the oh, middle yeah. of your lunch, going, I'm like, oh, that that dude's about to get his hands dirty, huh? <laughs> it is, man. It's 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 a it's a love hate relationship, you know. But just like just like real life, the love part outweighs yeah. the hate. Yeah, and and you know? and and you're a dad, yeah. and, and that's that's really why you know I, I wanted to have you on because you know I, I really always respected you uh, as a father. So like, do do you feel like you know this is going to be the thing that you share with your with your boy? It's, it's one of many because, um, surprisingly enough, uh, I feel that that little kid chose to come into the world when he wanted to. Yeah. You know, um, just just the backstory of it was, you know, I, I, I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I love apps. So um, I was tracking my girlfriend's menstrual cycle for six months prior to that, <laughs> just for the fun of it. And I would ask, you know, how's this? How's the flow? How's all that? All the questions that the that the app would ask right and from one day to another she told me she wasn't feeling good i was like okay you know if we go to the er they can't deny you you know just let me know she wakes me up 3 a.m we go to the hospital you know and i scheduled for radiology before so they're like yeah you know um is she pregnant we're like no they're like yeah she is and i was like oh wow and i was like okay you know is she having a miscarriage because you know she wasn't showing right. anything and they're like, let's go do an ultrasound. They did the ultrasound, and they started measuring the femur, then the rest of the foot. And I was like, those are, that's not a fetus. Like, that's not like, <laughs> hey, you're like three weeks pregnant. That's a live baby. That's a whole ass baby. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, okay. So they're all like, we're going to move you to, you know, the sixth floor. And, and I was like, why right. is that? And they're like, well, that's labor and the delivery. And I was like, okay, but why? Right. And they're just like, you know, you're having a baby and the baby's coming today. And we're like, excuse me? Today. Today. Like, nobody believed us. Called my parents. My dad was actually working at Kaiser that day, so I went downstairs. I think you were at work, right? Or, or No, this was on a weekend. It was on a Sunday. It was right. on a Sunday. I had gone to work the next day, and yeah. I always turned the corner to talk to you. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, where's Cal? He had a baby. I didn't know he was having a baby. <laughs> He didn't know either. Nobody knew. Yeah, nobody <laughs> knew. And, and it was just, at that point in time, that's when I, when I, like, given his life now, he's three. Yeah. And everything that he's done has been amazing to me. Right. Because I have not taught him any of the things that I've wanted to. Right. He's been teaching me. That's, wow. 
So the, the very first thing that he taught me was we, we always joked about how, you know, if and when we had a kid that we wanted to make sure that music was extremely influential. Right. Music can, you know, brighten your mood or help you cope with different things. And I was like, you know, I've heard of people like putting headphones on the girl's stomach while the baby's in the room. We never got to do that. Right. But when he was about maybe one, he picked up a little stick and he just started tapping on things. And it was the same constant beat all the time. Same one. Dun, 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 dun. And, and I still remember that just like if it was yesterday. And I was like, I wonder if he knows if he's doing that. You know, so I just let him keep going. Did it for like a few more weeks. Dun, 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 dun. I was like, okay. You know, so now the thing with kids is, you know, technology, YouTube, they're a lot more adaptive to that. Right. So we would put things on that would help him like stimulate his, you know, his thought process right. and everything. And we got him a little baby drum set. Sure enough. Ba, 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 ba. And he took to that. He took to that. So I was like, you know, this this whole thing of us wanting to teach him music, he's learned on his own. I mean, wow. we're, we're big music heads, too. Like, at, at that time, we were very heavy into reggae. Yeah. We love reggae. And, you know, most of the stuff that he likes now is is things that I listen to, like DJs from EDM, dubstep. Right. That And people are like, what? And he'll, like, dance with me, Dad. And he'll just bob his head. Yeah. He's like dancing me, everybody. And he'll just bob his head. So, you know, every day for me, it, it's just such a blessing with him because he's been through so much. Yeah. Came out of the, he, he came out at 27 weeks. Right. Stayed in the NICU for about 72 days. I remember that. Um, when he came out, we realized that his hips were dislocated. Really? Damn. Yeah. So it, it, we couldn't tell as much because he wasn't walking. Right. But when they did the x-ray, they showed us that both of his hips. So when he came out, his little legs were on his chest. On his, you know? wow. But since he was so small, we didn't really think anything of it. So he was put in a cast. Now, the, the good thing was that he wasn't walking yet, so it wasn't too debilitating for him. Right. But, I mean, brand new parents. Overnight parents, literally. Literally. And now you have to care for a kid that's in a cast with hips that are dislocated and the first thing they tell you is like okay we're gonna cut this little opening in the back so you can change his diaper but make sure the cast doesn't get wet and we're like wait what how do you do that <laughs> exactly i was like i'm sorry what so here we go you know right now youtube has been the number one you know everything 101 whatever you need to learn hit up youtube right so we started you know googling we started seeing other parents you know getting into blogs and everything they're like, use maxi pads, line the cast with it so that if it does get wet, it absorbs and start doing anything. So at that time, we didn't know what we were doing. But if you tell us now, we're experts. That we're experts on it, you know? And for me, like, I, I just feel that little kid went through so much. He did. Just yeah. to get here to us that, you know, why am I going to waste one minute in trying to do something for you know, or, or just feeling like it's a bother or anything like that. Right. So I, I'm usually the one that wakes up at night. I'm a light sleeper. Right. So the minute I hear daddy, bam, I'm up. That's crazy, I'm man. Up. That's beautiful. So I, I, I love it, man. And sometimes just climbs into bed and, and he just like, just snuggles up with me <laughs> and just goes to sleep. And I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm a sap too. Like I'll be rocking him. 
Don't be like, Daddy, I love you. Tears. Tears. That's everything. You know? Yeah, and, and, and you know what's crazy, too, is that, like, uh, again, have, having my son, and it, it, it was ex- exactly just that. You, They're there when they need to be there, you know? And I really feel like that about my son, and, and I'm pretty sure his mother feels that way about him, too. And, you know, even till this day, it's like, you're astonished every day on what, like, day, man. you step away from 20 minutes, and this kid is already coming up with something new. And, and, and I get it. It's, it's part of like a child's development process. But even then you're catching on to it. Like, you know, our kids were born 10 iPhones deep, you know, yeah, you, exactly. they, they were born seven iPads deep. Exactly. You know, they, we, we, when was smart TV? We didn't have until what we were in our mid 20s or yeah. early 20s. You know, our, our kids are that much more, I guess, essentially adapted to to uh, to technology and how it's yeah. just wrapped around, I guess, their 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 early days, because. You know, uh, we 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 have at, uh, we gave Atlas one of those uh, fire tablets. Oh yeah, kids. yeah. And you know, as much as we want him to use the the, the programs that that you know teach, I guess development stuff like he's just watching Blippy on YouTube. So <laughs> it is. <laughs> trust me, trust me. He'll get there. And knows knows the same way, and and it's just it's amazing that the things that he knows that I don't yeah. know. So so what made you change uh, ch- uh, choose that name? Uh, you know what? We always thought about if we were gonna have a kid that. It might possibly be a girl. Mm-hmm. So when uh, when he came out and they're like, "It's a boy," and she, you know, my girlfriend asked me, "What is it?" It's a boy. They're like you guys don't have to think of the name right now. Just give a, you know, you can give it to us in two days or whatever. Right. And we were just stuck, right. stuck. So we started talking to my sister. We started talking to, you know, our parents. You know, and I told my sister, hey, "Send me names, dude." I was like, right. "I have not even thought about a boy's name." I don't want another Carlos because, you know, I'm the third one. Right. And my sister's boyfriend's name is Carlos. So I was right. like, okay, like, that's enough. You know, we right, don't right, need right. anymore. And my sister sent a list that had Noah on it. Mm. And Noah clicked for us because, like I said, you know, I'm a sap. So we're big, huge fans of the notebook. Oh, okay. And I think that the notebook is one of the most interesting heartbreaking but just like it, it marries you to that story right of love and i was like dude what what biggest honor can i give him but to represent something that means so much to me right before he was here right so we gave him the name noah and you know in classic latino tradition catholic tradition you need a middle name that has to be like a saint or something <laughs> like that and then you have to add the last name so I always like the fact that in Mexico, when two people get married, although it's a little different, they, they always add the girl's last name. Right. You know, so with the way that things are going right now, I don't want my girl's last name to finish because he has two siblings, but, you know, right. <laughs> who knows when they're going to have kids or whatever. Right. So his name ended up being Noah mm-hmm. Alessandro. That's beautiful, bro. Santos Acosta. Okay. Okay, so I, we, I put both the names, and, and ironically enough, and, and I'm telling you, this is why I know that this kid is special. I'm a nerd. I'm a geek. I watch Science Channel all day. Right. His initials ended up being NASA. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't notice until one of our friends said That's that. Fire, and I was bro. like, what? That's mind-blowing right I was there. Like, I couldn't even have planned that if I wanted to. Uh, so... Everything that happens with that little boy just seems like it was meant to happen. 
It, it sounds without like without trying. It sounds like it because again, you have no preparation of being a father, and and what we went through, it was like. We, you know, we had a baby shower. Everybody knew we had, you know, we had the date planned out and, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget it. You know, she's in the hospital, you know, the, on the day of, mm-hmm. and I get a call as I'm walking a dog going, Hey, uh, they're going to do an emergency section. I need you here now, <laughs> bro. And, and it's funny too, how like, you know, things come into motion when, when, whenever you're having a kid. And, um, there's a song that played on my way to the hospital. It was that, uh, the Kendrick Lamar song for the Black yeah. Panther soundtrack. It, you know, it, she said, she's saying, you know, uh, Maybe my dreams uh, or my ne- my nightmares might let me know that all the stars are closer. Mm-hmm. And um, Atlas was the titan of the constellations. Ooh, and wow. I heard that song and it brought me to tears because, you know, the stars are closer now that I have my son. Like the, the, my dreams and everything above me just just seemed like they're a lot more approachable now now that mm-hmm. I have him here. And, and he gave me the frequency to reach there. And that like whenever that song plays, like it always just brings that. You know, it makes you want to cry because it's like all the stars are closer like and and everything like uh, he says throughout the song like you know i don't even want your congratulations you know fuck you and, and all your expectations you know mm-hmm. it, it was it was essentially like almost me speaking to myself you know you're a man now you're yeah. a father now man the fuck up because these are the things that are going to be expected of you That's right. and, and this little boy might light your path but you're the one that has to walk it yeah you know and and i feel like especially with your kid because again Yo, Cal's the homie. He's, he's, he's the dude with the crazy Subaru. And I pull up. He's having a kid. It, I couldn't process that for you. Because, I mean, one, I wasn't okay in my own head to, to, to even think of, of having a future with a kid. But, like, yeah. damn, overnight? Just like that? And the amount of love that you, it just, it just grew, it grew with you. Because I remember, like, the first thing you did when I saw you was, oh, what's up, bro? Let me show you my kid. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And, and I, was, I was just happy for you, man. I, I, I was very happy for you and and you know you you've always been uh my, my go-to guy to talk about just different topics you know especially at work like hp lovecraft and all the geek stuff I, i'm yeah. a big geek myself and then seeing another father you know take his son down that road too yeah. and, and it's funny how you even mentioned like the whole double last name thing because we we ended up doing that with our kid oh no you know? way. yeah yeah nice, I mean, no, nice. no 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 cool initials but like <laughs> Atlas Grayson, Grayson, of course, uh, after Richard Grayson, the first Robin. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Amador, you know? So he. Oh. It, it's, yeah, I, li- I like how that just rolls off. Yeah. Amador. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, same thing. That's, that's exactly what I thought. Of. So maybe our kids are going to be like in a telenovela or something. Maybe. Starring no Alessandro Santos Acosta. Atlas Grayson, Cedeño Amador. There you go. You know? There you go. We need the plug. It's, it's you and me right here. There you go. Univision, send it out. Yeah, man. And. and let, let me let me give you a quick little backstory too. Like I, I grew up with parents that left. So my mom's from El Salvador. Right. My dad's from Mexico. Right. They both left their countries at eighteen and came over here. Wow. If you were to tell me move to a country at eighteen years old with no money, no language, no language, nothing, I'd be like you're crazy. Right. Okay. So there's tons of. I, I think LA is one of the biggest melting pots for people that have done that okay so my parents did the best that they could based off of what they knew how to do right my dad came from a big family very close and everything my mom was one of two kids that ended up growing up with her cousins that were probably like nine right so things were a little bit different for her so all my life she put us into sports and everything which really helped us a lot to right. like be able to interact with other people 
But to be honest with you, I, I always felt like there was something missing that I couldn't give them, you know, and sometimes like, you know, one of the guys that I listen to, the motivational speaker, he says, you know, you are true to who you are based on what story you tell about yourself. Right. So just recently, I'm starting to change that because I don't want to associate myself with any negativity that happened and to bring that into my life. Mm. So what I'm getting at is that I learned that everything that happened with my parents, you know, everything that they did for me, like I could do just that much more for Noah. Yeah. You know, and that's where the immense love comes from because my dad was working a lot. My mom was always had us in sports, you know, so for me, sometimes I felt like I couldn't give them all the love that I could give them, mm. you know, and I felt that something was missing. So right. I ended up giving it to everybody else. You know, I gave it to girlfriends that just walked all over me and everything. So I was like, here's one pure form where I can give one million percent of my love to this person and they will never reject it. And, wow. And it's just so mind blowing that you even bring that up because again, on that relatable topic is that that's what you're essentially taught to do as a man, you know, you love, provide, mm -hmm. be strong and, and protect. But when, you know, growing up, I hate to say it, but growing up in LA and the dating scene in LA and being young, that that's not essentially what people are looking for. Mm -hmm. But when you have essentially this, this uncut, unadulterated, unaltered, purest form of love, it, it shows, it actually shows who you are. You know, if, if, if you like, if you enjoy getting up at 5 a.m. and working hard, yeah. you're up at 4.45, 4 a.m., just, just grinding 10 times harder now, you know, for, for the fact that you got that little boy. And, and you can see how a father's love essentially can, uh, can ascend. You know, I, yeah. I'm doing this for my son, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it, I, I feel like, again, fathers tend to go unnoticed. I get that. And it's okay being the unsung hero because, right. you know, when people throw it out there, I'm a good father, my kids are fed and they're clothed and blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, homie, but that's what you're supposed to exactly. do. That's what you're supposed exactly. to. There's nothing special about you for doing that. Exactly. Like that that's, a, that's a guaranteed thing that you should already be applying to your kids. Mm -hmm. It's not a right for that. It's, it's not a privilege. It's, right. it's a right, you know? And, and, and I appreciate that about you. And, and, and you know, your hard work shows. Um, as a small business owner and a parent, like, how do you feel like, you're able to, to manage getting through Los Angeles in its current day? You know what? It, it's, it's just, it's not giving up. It's doing what makes you uncomfortable. If right. you're sitting there, you're like, oh man, I really don't want to get up. Then that's what you need to do. You need to get up. Wow. You know, and especially having a little sponge that loves you so much attached to your every word, your every movement, your, your every thought process. Why not start showing them from the beginning? Yeah. It's interesting because everything that I've learned so far, and, and I'm still learning every day, is that the first seven years of, of a child's life is crucial. Right. Okay. Once those seven years have already been established, then they start learning how to be themselves, but with the views that were instilled. So right. with having a business, the, the, the most important thing is you need to understand that no one's going to make that money for you. Mm-hmm. You need to show and set an example if you have kids or, or not even if you have kids, you know, if you just have family members or anything that have ever been at a level where they didn't want to be. Right. Then set the example. Right. You know, and especially with mobile detailing, every single thing that I do. And it's funny because 
I'm going to get sidetracked a little bit. I, I have a tendency to not wear shorts as much. And this is only for me. I, I have no discrimination, but nobody else. But I feel first impressions are everything. Yeah. And for me, they're huge. You cannot take that first impression. So I always try and look somewhat presentable because L.A. is so huge. Mm. And you can run into so many different people that, you know, I literally own two pairs of shorts. Two. Right. You know, but that thought process allows me to go to every job that I can and make that my calling card. If I just did your car up, I did one of my friends, Riviera's. He just bought it probably. He bought it for like 4000 called me up. I did like a $200 job on it. He sold it for fourteen grand. Look at that. In a week. So that's, that's my rolling business card right there. Right. You know, there's no way for me to skimp out on any of that because that's my business. It speaks for itself, and, 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 exactly. you, and you take pride in your work. Yeah, you know, I I feel like that's a very important thing that we should, you know, essentially teach boys. You know, yeah. uh, especially as like Latino men, yeah. where we we go, we, we essentially step outside without having some of the proper tools, in, in, in you know, uh, where we're taught to hide our feelings and, and things like that. Like, how do you feel, uh, essentially, you know, the positive and the negative of your upbringing is going to influence your child? Um. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be big on him, you know, because as much as my dad want to be um, strong willed and everything, you know, he, he's a sap also. Yeah. But with him, when he gets to that point, and, and I feel the same way, it, it's just our feelings are just overflowing inside, you know, and Noah sees that already. Really. Which is interesting too, because he'll be he'll come and he'll ask, you know, we. We started off, you know, playing games where, like, you know, if he was mad, we'll say, are you mad? And he'll say, I'm mad. You know, so he's able to vocalize what he actually feels. So he can catch body language. Mm. If, you know, if, if, we, if we go to my mom's house or something and my dad's there, he's, you know, depressed or you could tell he's in the room or something. He'll straight up go ask him, are you sad, grandpa? Wow. And for a little kid to have an understanding like that of body language... Of something that he possibly still can't comprehend completely. Yeah. I know it's rubbing off. You, you know what's crazy that, that you bring that up is that, is that like a little boy that was born with, you know, essentially his hips dislocated has the ability to identify someone's pain. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like that speaks volume because, I mean, that's that's something you, you get from your soul, I feel, you know, that it, it, it goes it goes deeper than that, you know, and. and the fact that your kid has the ability to identify that, that that's the craziest thing. But uh, I, I wanted to get into this, this, uh, this whole uh, blacklisted thing. Yeah. Right. So, so how'd you start that? So initially it was, it was, uh, we did a movie uh, that went straight to DVD. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a Fast and Furious spoof back in 2008. And we were filming in, in Palmdale and I asked one of the stunt drivers like, Hey, you know what? I really love cars. I love racing. I love doing this. How do I become a stunt driver? And he's like, well, in Hollywood, there's one of two things that you can do. There's two guys that have these classes. They're extremely expensive. He's like, so if you can get those classes, I was like, well, you know, I don't have the money for that. So <laughs> what's the next step? He's right. like, okay, what I'm going to try and do, he's like, I'm going to try and get you credit for a stunt driver for this movie. Because wow. they were using my car specifically for that, too. And it ended up happening. Okay. So... The reason we, we had a first, the first car club that we ever started was Team 101 because we're right off the 101, 101 freeway. freeway. But this time around, I had a better, but I started off my, my car club with a Toyota Celica. 
So <laughs> what year? What year? I want to know this. It one. was a, it was uh, two thousand one. Okay, those are nice. Yeah, so. but it was automatic. So <laughs> you can never win, bro. I know, I know. So I was like, okay, you know. So now we have the Car Club two point Now we have dope cars. We have right. Subarus. Right. We have all these Subarus. I seen the pics. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So what I wanted to do, we had this thing where we would go on the freeways, and we would use hand signals. So we would either get in a straight line and draft each other while we were driving, you know, not crazy or anything like that. Or we would do another hand signal that would completely block the whole freeway and we would just film ourselves. We would have people taking pictures and it looked really nice. So that's cool. My whole thing was I wanted to address us as precision drivers. And the whole name blacklisted came out to be something that I use as a marketing tool to put us up as a stunt driving team for low budget movies. Ah. So I figured, you know, we're the blacklisted ones. Hollywood's not going to want to work with us. and They're just going to blacklist us out of everything. So let's make our own name. I like that. And then it just it started from there. And yeah, because because um, I, I know like your YouTube channel is also named mm -hmm. that as well. Yeah. And, and again, bro, like I, I hate I hate to be the guy like, oh, I've never followed you. Nah, bro. No, since, no. I'm, since the moment <laughs> I've, I've met you, I, I, I wanted yeah. to be, be sure that, you know, you, you were about that. And, and it's funny, too, because like I, I've always remember hearing you talk about how Fast and the Furious was like a very big inspiration to you. Yeah, man. I mean, to, to be honest with you, that that was life. I mean, you find family. Right. With people that aren't your blood. Right. Um, the car culture in Los Angeles is, is just enormous. Right, yeah. You know? And like you said, you spend most of your day in a car. Yeah. So why not make it the best thing possible? And just when, when, that, when that movie came out, that thing hit so hard because... That was real life for some of us. It, it was. Yeah. It was, and it is. And, and, and honestly, I ran my club just the way that Toretto did. Right. You know, because it wasn't a club, it was a family. We, we spent so much time with each other. We fought with each other, you know, just <laughs> like brother stuff. And, and it was just like the heart that he had in it was what I aspired to have here. Right. You know, and I was like, if this is a movie, we can bring this real life. Yeah. You know? And uh, for the record, everybody out there, he, he had uh, Spillner as his yes. uh, license plate. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of you whatsoever, bro, because like <laughs> you, you're, you're a legitimate fan, yeah. you know, and, and it's crazy because I, I watched the, the first one a few weeks ago. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's atypical, like Los Angeles, how it was in the 2000s, how yeah. like car clubs were, were very prevalent. And uh, if, if I'm right, you're from like mid city, like Pico Union or like no, just right here, like, like right here, five right? minutes away, probably. So just right so off of Melrose and Virgil, you went to Marshall, right? Marshall. So you went to my rival high school. Yeah, I, I went to Franklin. OK. And and uh, it, it's crazy because like that's the part of the city where I, I want to say that whole thing was based off of because yeah. I, I, again, East LA and Whittier, they, they tried doing their thing, but we already had the Boulevard. We had Whittier. Mm -hmm. No, you like you come out here and it's condensed. dude. Yeah. So to have like to block off streets, to race that that's been happening in LA since oh, yeah. 94, 95. Yeah. I used to, I used to do tech for my friend's brother um, where they would race very, very high end cars, 1200 horsepower cars. Wow. In, um, Burbank, San Fernando, Palmdale. Really? So when, when the movie came out, I was like, <laughs> this is what I was doing. Yeah. So it, like, it makes you feel like you're part of something bigger. Yeah. And then 
once the movie came out, we tried to find as many locations from the actual movie that we can go to, and we went like Malibu and Malibu, Neptune's, Neptune's. Net, you yeah. know the the bridge down where um, Toretto races uh, Brian in the Supra. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And San Pedro, and it, it was, it's crazy, man. I, I mean, you you become part of that family because I I still remember the day that uh, that I got told that Paul Walker passed. Yeah, I was watching an Oregon Ducks game. I was living in La Crescenta at the time, and I had just finished filming this thing for Instagram where they had, if you were the biggest fan uh-huh. of Fast and the Furious, it, you'll win a walk-on role. So I dressed up as Letty. I dressed up <laughs> as Dom. Right. Um, I dressed up as Vince. And I, I, I think I dressed up as Jesse also. And, you know, it was a quick one-minute thing, right. and I had just finished submitting it, and my boy texted me, he's like, are you okay? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, shit. He's like, you don't know? Oh, And I was no. like, what are you talking about? He's like, dude, I'm sorry to have to tell you this. And, you know, it, it's, it's so much a part of me that even me saying it right now is, like, still getting me choked up. Really? Yeah, dude. And, like... Yeah, just, you know, he told me, you know, um, you know, Paul Walker's dead. That's crazy. And this happened, I looked it up, and I was just like, again, you know, everything that's happened in my life, like, with the stuff that I know now is supposed to happen. So I was supposed to have that spill in there on that license. I guess so, bro. You know? Yeah, no, and and, and it's crazy because, you know, uh, oftentimes I feel like, especially in the city where we're from, you you try to take on a, a persona whenever you're trying to, you know, tackle something you know i i feel uh hate to say it but damn near uh, bruce wayne was 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 mine for a point in time because i was just mean and angry and didn't want to talk to anyone because mm-hmm. i was you know combating my own demons that i would fight at night you know but you and because because it, it showed dude like not only did you take care of your car but it was a high-end performance machine mm-hmm. and you knew how to work it that that was the thing and uh you know with with him with him passing like did it did it affect the way you drove, like, the, the way you would drive? It just made me more passionate, man. Really? Honestly, because we ended up um, we ended up doing a car show probably two years later up in Santa Clarita, up in Santa Clarita, and it was actually a Paul Walker memorial. Wow. And his brother Cody was there. Right. And they were walking the show, and he just comes up to the car, and he just smiles. And for me, that that's all the acknowledgement that I mean. That's made. crazy. You know, and and I was just like, you know, I want to go talk to him and everything. And I was like, look, I was like, I know I'm not the only one. I go, but your brother touched me in just a way that is, is forever, you know. And, right. and just to see his genuine happiness, to hear that, I was like, dude, like, why stop now? You know, let, let's get this going more. That's why, you know, a lot of things that I want for my shop later on is going to, is gonna still have a lot of things that that are from that movie. Wow, you know that concept. Right. So I still want a Supra. I want to build that for my son. You know, overnight parts from Harry, and we can get this thing right. decimating everything. So, so uh, speaking of what model of Supra, what would you want? Well, yeah, the the old Supra that they uh, had, ninety six, ninety seven, with the two JZ GTE with the with the right hand drive. Oh, I would love the right hand drive. Yeah. I, so, so th- th- there's a funny story is that. I didn't. I never knew I was ever in a Supra until like my mom had pointed it out once. So she, what? you know, my, be, being a young single mom in LA, mm-hmm. um, she, her, I guess her, her, her date or whatever had taken us out, and we went down to Pasadena, and 
I was like, oh, that's a nice looking Nissan. And the front, it just said GTR. And I'm like, I'm guessing it's a fucking, it's, oh a, Sentra. it's a Sentra, right? This is a, this is a Maxima or, <laughs> I, dude, I was a kid. I didn't care. I really didn't care. Yeah. And this was like before the movie had ever come out. And I just remember going from Highland Park to, to, to Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena. And this guy just gunning it <gasps> and gunning it. And, gun, and me, me, being, me being in the back going, look, bro, my mom has had a fucking like, it was a Corolla her whole life. I, I've never been this fast in my life. Yeah. And I was like, that's a really nice car. Oh, yeah, a lot of people like it. And I just remember this dude just, you know, just fucking with the knob so much. And then, like, my mom showed me a picture of it not too long ago. And I was like, holy fuck, I was inside of a Super and I didn't even know. <sighs> you know and and, and I, it was funny, too, because I always thought it was an Impala because of the lights right. in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because the round lights yeah. in the back. And I was like, oh, shit, I, I, was, I was in this thing. And then I hear people calling it Godzilla and, and you know, oh, this is... This is the street demon and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever watched this show named uh, Entourage. I'm pretty sure you have, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, Ari Gold's assistant drives a super high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the weakest dude on the whole team has the dopest car. Oh. Oh. But but no, that, that that's like, if you own one of those, like, you know what, what, what they're about. You know why they bought it. Yeah, dude. I, I just, I'm, I'm not okay with the new one being, you know, automatic. I, yeah. I, I mean, it has a BMW Z3 engine from what I know about it. So for me, it's not. The, the new one? Yeah, a Z3? Yeah, they they partnered up with BMW to have a, and the platform is built off of the Z3. So so, so is BMW making cars for other people? Because the Supra you is know like what? that too. There's there's a lot of companies right now that are just borrowing stuff from each other, like the BRZ, Subaru, and uh, and Toyota. Yeah, the, know, with the so. the 86, the yeah, the, the, the Scion, and BRZ. Yeah. yeah. So and I see and I see the Supra and I'm like, yo, I would want a Supra, and then I'm like, that's a Z4. Yeah. Or was it a Z4 or a Z1? You know, and I'm like, dude, that, and even the infotainment system and all, mm. it's the same thing. So, I mean, I, I, a, a little bit, you know, against that, but, you know, it's still beautiful cars nonetheless, because yeah. it's, it's still, uh, it's still a, a TRD engine and, yep. and things like that. So yep. what's, I, here's a good one. What would be the most expensive car you've worked on? Um, worked on uh, probably has to be a Shelby GT500 when I was doing restoration. Um, an original, like, original, so it was original, like 1967. Really? So that restored car, or, or? Uh, no, it was partially restored. Um, it, we did the engine work and everything, but he still needed a lot of work on it. So, but that was the first time I laid my hands on a real Shelby. And for me, another person in the automotive world that has been like beyond influential is Carol Shelby. Carol Shelby. Yeah. And although I, I know a little bit of dark history of his, he was just some, somebody else like. You watch Ford versus Ferrari? Oh my God! I, <laughs> I, when we saw that preview, we were with all my friends. They all looked at me, and they looked at me because they knew that I would be balling. Really? And I was because of uh, just because of the preview, just because right. it was him and his, it was his story. And I was like, "Are you kidding me?" So the the backstory is, I, I always liked Chevy. Right. I wanted to get a Nova at first, but. Where my ex-girlfriend lived off of Rampart by Tommy's, there was a 68 Mustang. Dirty as hell, I wrote on the window, hey, would you sell me? This guy calls me back two weeks later. He tells me, I'll wait for you. Give me $2,000 for the car. Two months later, I buy the car. So I went from wanting a Nova and having that be my dream car to a Ford guy. Nice. Ford encompasses the Ford GT, right. which back then was called the GT40, but they lost the rights to the 40. Right. And introduced Carol Shelby. So when that came out, I was like, oh my. I was like, we have to watch this. And when the movie came out, the story, the actual story and everything that happened behind it, I had no idea. 
Really? And it just, it killed me so much because I've seen that picture with all the GTs lined, lined up, right? the line. Yeah. But to know that this guy threw it just to help Shelby and didn't get nothing out of it and ended up dying. I was like, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. But <laughs> for anybody that hasn't watched it, it was just, you know, I got mad. Yeah. I was sad and everything. So you could say that everything that I do, like I, I put a lot of passion into it because it's just, I'm a very empathetic person. Yeah. And wow. I can put myself in your shoes and feel everything that you're feeling. Right. You know, and, and that that's what led me to kind of get more into like the whole energy thing and seeking out more information about that. I, I grew up Catholic. Right. But there's just so many other things that I have questions about that kind of like brings it all together. Of course. No, you know? I, so. I, I think it's a it, it's a human's natural response to question a lot of things. Yeah. You know, and I, I guess uh, being in 2020, again, be, being raised in that Christian thing. But like in, in modern day society, you, you pick and choose what philosophies you want. You do. You know, and, and I feel like, you know, that, that's completely against what like our parents were taught. Oh, yeah. But but at the same time, you kind of have to be module, especially live in a city like this, man. Yeah. Again, I, I moved away from Los, Los Angeles three years ago. Yeah. And then like, again, I, to get to work, it takes me 15 minutes. To get home, it takes me 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm not driving from downtown LA to Agora Hills, two hours there and then two hours back. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I'm very thankful for that because, again, it, it was time wasted away from me. And, yeah. you know, it, it really took a, a toll on my mental health just being in the car for that long. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like when you separate yourself from, from all this, and especially this city, mm. you really start to notice the benefits that it can have. Yeah. You know, and, and again, meeting meeting someone like you again we we met years down the line yeah. you know and again come to find out you're from my rival high school you grew up yeah. in this part of town where you know i'm pretty sure you've been on my side of town have yeah. we, like we've talked in the past and i've been on yours and i know how you guys essentially like get down and like that's my people at the end of the day so yeah you know it, you being being a father being a car enthusiast and like this is la mm -hmm. this is this is like if you if you look at cal my friend cal that's that's what la will get you that's yeah. who you will become living here and, and, you know, that being said, what does that tattoo on your arm represent? Because you've told me that. And, and I, I know, again, you, you're very passionate about what you really love. And yeah. EDM is a very, very big thing. Yeah. So uh, a while back, um, I was kind of needing money. And one of my boys told me, he's like, hey, would you want to come be a bouncer with me? And I was like, okay. You know, he's like, I'm going to tell my boss that you're a boxer. <laughs> I was like, why? He's like, that's the only way he'll pick you up. I was like, sure, whatever. So... You know, my bouncer life started here in Hollywood. And the first club that I went to was a club that played, like, house music and everything. And mind you, in high school, I had already had my taste. I was a rebel in high school. I had carried around a little tape recorder and everything. And from one day to another, one of my friends told me, so mind you, we're fast-forwarding about, like, five years. Right. Stopped being a bouncer already. And he's like, hey, have you ever been to a rave? And I was like, no. He's like, I got tickets. Do you want them? And I was like, sure. I was like, how much do you want? He's like, I'll give them to you free. And I was like, okay. So we went to um, Hard Summer. and Free tickets to Hard Summer. Free tickets this to is, Hard this Summer. This is way back when, though. Yeah, this was when it was in Pomona. Okay. Yeah, so oh. it was still a while ago because it wasn't that long ago. Right. I, I started late with the whole rape scene and you everything. told me, yeah. And I went there, and I was like, I want to keep doing this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Why is that? Like, like I said, music is extremely influential, right. you know, and 
although Hard Summer was the first rave that I went to, it was still at that time not an insomniac event. Right. Because it was it was part of something else. So when I did go to my first insomniac event, which what this tattoo is is the original logo from Insomniac. Um you know, I saw everything. I used to collect flyers when I was in high school. Flyer parties? Yeah, of flyer yeah. parties, and I had them all over my, all over my, um, all over the wall and desk, everything. You know, so when I when I went there, the thing that I fell in love with the most, and contrary to popular belief, I was not on any drugs at that moment. Right, was the level of love and respect. Yeah. That everybody yeah. gave you and, and you felt it. So me being empathetic, it was almost like an overflow of that feeling. And I was like, okay, these are all people that are scattered around LA, San Bernardino, but here everybody's the same. Yeah. So after my first rave, that feeling of love, you know, when I wanted to give love to people and they would just screw me over, that feeling of love that was there was genuine also. Right. Really? And that's what I got addicted to. Wow. So when that happened, I was like, you know, there's no way that I can't like kind of uh, freeze this moment in time. Really? So I was like, let's get that tattoo. Damn. And I, I have son. yet I have yet to get insomniac, the whole word right here. You were planning on doing that though. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, for me, like it's funny because once I got the tattoo, I sent it to Pasquale Rotella. It took two weeks, but he responded. And I was like, okay, you know, he's like, thank you so much for the love. I was like, you don't understand what this means to me. And and it's it's my way of showing my respect for what he's doing. Because if these things didn't exist, you know, where would we be? Heavy metal mm -hmm. shows. Right? That too. <laughs> Heavy metal shows. I, I had a few of those. And it was just, those. you know, and it's just... Always try and give back. So this is me giving back. That's you know? that, that's beautiful because like it, it from the stories that you told me, it's just like these wonderful things that you perceive like and, and you you accept. It mm -hmm. Just enter your soul yeah, and, and you and you and you and you essentially reciprocate that to the universe. Mm -hmm. and, and and I hate to say it, but like that's that's the easiest way to, to explain love in that sense. Yeah, because yeah. you know the, these are the things that make you right, and what makes you essentially makes your son and exactly. help you know and 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 you know i, I know you I, I i i've known your sister for for a little bit longer and one of the things that i've always realized about you guys is that you guys were always great at what you guys did yeah you know you, and and I, I, again I, I probably never i never ever talked like that in front of you guys because i've, I've always been an asshole and things like that <laughs> but, but you know i I've, I've always respected the especially the people that are that are around me you know and, you, and you've been one of them but you know, like that being said, how how would you, I guess, chalk up living in modern day 2020? Like what's going on right now in your city, in your hood? Because I can't talk about it anymore. I'm, I'm a yeah. resident. I'm, 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 I'm a visitor. I don't live here anymore. Like yeah. what, what, what has it been like? You know, again, you're 10 minutes away from all, yeah. where all this took place, you know? Yeah. So so what was that like for you? I mean, we just recently moved to, to Van Nuys. You know, I grew up in Virgil Village, Glendale, Atwater. And, and everything was fine. And then 2020 hit and so many things started happening. We had riots two blocks away from our house. Wow. You know, and our thing was, you know, let's just try and keep everybody safe. Um, one thing that I'm a huge proponent on that I, I will instill in Noah 
is as much as it hurts, you have to be truthful 100%. Do not sugarcoat anything. Do not remove some pieces from the story. Tell it as it is. Yeah. Because you're going to be able to make up your own mind to it. And if you start, it's just like that game telephone. You started off at the beginning. By the time you get to the end, everybody's added their own little bit. Yeah. So now the truth is skewed. You know, so with that being said, I mean, L.A. is, is way different than when I grew up here. I, I would never let Noah do the things that I was doing at <laughs> 10, 11. And mind you, these aren't bad things. It was just me Common. skating. I used to skate to Culver City from Hollywood. I would never let him do it with no phone, no, no phone. nothing. And, and I was like, the, you can't do that. Now. I want you back here by four. That yes. Was- uh, it's like, you, you, do you have a phone? Because that's my GPS device for you. Exactly. You know, and, and it sucks that it has to be like that. But, but a very important thing is you just got to keep your eyes open. man. There yeah. are so many things happening right now. And personally, my opinion is just because... The leadership that we have as a country is is just turning a blind eye to it. Unfortunately. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, things are changing. It, it's crazy. There's a lot of things happening. I, I saw this um, I saw this documentary. Can I say the name? Of course. Yeah, it's called Above Majestic. Okay, it's a documentary that came out about, about the Majestic 12? Somewhat. <laughs> yes, sir. See? See? Yes. So, this... This documentary talked about a lot of things, but they they gave out a lot of information of things that were to come, and everything's coming into fruition, especially with how, you know, the whole sex trafficking thing Mm. going on, and how there's secret indictments, and they're just coming out everywhere, and things like that, you know? So it's just, there's a lot of information out there that you have to take with a grain of salt. Of course. You know? And you have to make up your own mind about it, but... Things are going to change, man. Because like, I know you you were my go-to conspiracy guy back oh at the office. And you God. and me used to chalk it up for hours. It has gotten worse, brother. I, I could only imagine. Worse. And like, and um, not to get to ask, but you know what? Fuck, it's a podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, QAnon. <laughs> I, 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 I personally have my issues with that because uh-huh. uh, uh, faith, faith uh, and not to get into it too much, but faith is a very big part of my life, you know? Right. And I feel like the QAnon group has specifically targeted like the, the evangelicals. Yeah. And I'm just like, you chose the people that have the biggest Karens in their group mm-hmm. and just told them these these so-called facts and it just took off like wildfire. But the thing about it is that I saw the beginning of it on 4chan. Yeah. And that's why like when people, oh, have you seen this Q post? And I'm like, take that with a grain of salt because you don't know. And I hate to say it, but yeah. the real anonymous people mm-hmm. are probably already caught. Edward, oh, yeah. Edward Snowden. Yes. Julian Assange. Yes. So, yes. so, so having this type of misinformation again, we're having to deal with a generation that is spreading misinformation, and there's rumors about Russia being in the White House. What does that say to young Americans out there? But I hate to say we don't feel like young Americans do. Exactly. When we pro- when we protest racism, we're called un-American. Yeah. When we, when we protest kids in cages, we're told to go back home. So I just ha- saw I just saw something online that, that I still have yet to. So what I if, if I see some type of news on social media or anything like that, I need to research it myself before I go and talk right. about it. But there was a, a governor in mid part of the U.S. or something like that that passed a bill that said that protesters could possibly have their right to vote taken away as a punishment. For, 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 for acting in the, in the First Amendment. Exactly, for a constitutional right. And I'm like, okay, 
I understand that that they could pass law, and then it gets to the Supreme Court, then they'll overrule it. But that time frame mm-hmm. in between years, it's decades. like, what? How are you gonna do that? And everybody be like, oh yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. You should do that. But it gets deeper than that too, and and I feel like you would agree with this because if you look, uh, okay, having Brett Kavanaugh uh-huh. on the Supreme Court is one thing, but a lot of people don't know that. I, I believe at least half of that were bought out by the Bush administration before oh, yeah. the, the first Bush was even in power. So, again, we, we go back to, like, you know, uh, Gore versus Bush, Florida, yeah. when, when you and I were kids. Yeah. And, like, well, the only reason it was given to Bush was because of the Supreme Court that his daddy had bought in. Exactly. You know, so it, it just gets, like, because of that, you kind of fucked with my kid's future. Yeah. You it know? is, man. It is. And, and you know, we could take this for another two, three hours just talking about, like, exactly. how the world revolves around things that make money. And whatever exactly. doesn't make money, hey, put it on the side. We're, we're having, it's funny, I saw a meme that have two aliens on it. It says, you have solar power, you have wind power, you have hydroelectric power. He's like, you have propane, you have different methods, and you're still killing yourselves over oil? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you know. Damn, son. I was like, wow. And I was like, okay, so now this whole thing to be green by 2050 or something like that, like, are you just telling the people that are heavy in oil, like, hey, we're going to give you a few more years I think for that's you to capitalize is. on that I think that's what before we manage things a different way? Be- because look, per- look at it this way, right? California, Colorado, Nevada, Alaska, and whatever other state has a, a rainy day plan for their cannabis tax, mm-hmm. right? That they're not able to access because it's not federally approved, right? Right. right. So we're going through all that. And at the same time, we, we, we can't take any money out of that. Mm-hmm. But when the United States were to green light it, what do you think is going to happen to Marlboro and the acres of tobacco? Acres. We're talking state-sized amounts of property mm-hmm. growing cannabis now. Now everybody out here is shit out of luck. If you think you had a great grow op, it's gone because Marlboro's <laughs> a thousand times bigger than you, yeah, pushing out eights for $10. So I hate to say it, how, how much further are we going to go deep into it? And right. uh, again, you know... I, I know vaping was a big part because I, I had, you know, quit smoking at least three times in my life. Yeah. You know, and it, it was really difficult. But now you can't buy vapes in certain states. Yeah. Because the, 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 the government had deemed it unsafe. But cigarettes are still killing half a million exactly. people a year. You know? Exactly. That, that's, that's my whole thing. It's like they, they tell you what you want. They, they control the narrative. Right. Now you have um, Twitter and Facebook, uh, I think Twitter more than anybody, um, acknowledging whether something that's said on Twitter is actually fact or not. Right. You know, fact checking. But then again, you know, I I saw this other thing where it showed how all these media companies are tied together. So if if they're owned by the same person, they're going to want to push out their agenda. They're going to want to push out their propaganda. How is it not going to work? And the problem is if people don't seek out the truth, they're just going to fall into it and and i think that's really that's a that's a thing we have to address for our sons yeah because we you and i came came out during the the gi joe generation yes and that's what you're supposed to be you're supposed to be this tough guy you're supposed to do x y and z and, and to a certain extent i 100 percent believe that but it I'm, I'm not expecting my little boy to be a navy seal like my no. I, I served bro and i don't want my kid to go through that yeah you know it's it, it, it's really tough and again i was nine when 9 11 happened you, I, I served in, in, in the Bush administration, you know, through yeah. the Obama administration. 
So to have our kids grow up and then possibly have to fight the same war that was caused when you and I were children, yeah. like that, and 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 I'm and I'm and I'm good that I'm, I'm happy that you were explaining. You know, they changed the narrative, mm-hmm. they, they, the balls in their court, and it's mm-hmm. and it's up to like us to distance ourselves from them. Right. And I feel like that's important when you're a father. Yeah. Because like, especially when you're a boy, because you're his first example. Yeah. You know your work ethic, your who you are, how you treat his mother and all that yeah. stuff. It, it, it speaks volumes, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's, I, I hate to say it. It's ra- It's easier to, to raise a strong boy than to fix a broken man. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and, and we see that, yeah. you know, we, we see the faults in our own selves and, and do we want to portray that to our kids? Yeah. How did we get that? How did we get here? Yeah. You know, how do we avoid it? You know? And, and I feel like this, this is one of those conversations that has to be had because you never talk, you need, you never hear two Latino men talk about what really messed them up and you know and how they perceive things for their sons yeah you know like this election 2020 is going to be the biggest thing in, in, in a long time why because well i mean once once again we're down to the the the, the lowest of the evils which yeah. one do you hate the least yeah you know and and i hate saying that uh, i just had a la poli- police officer in here talking about police reform and how you know, the oftentimes uh, liberals, I mean, we all know liberals lean to the left, right? Right. But you're right. electing Kamala Harris, who was a top cop, who was known to, to essentially keep people in prisons and, and be completely against police and prison reform. Yeah. You know, and then on the other hand, we're, we're talking about defunding LAPD by 90%. You have a little boy, bro. Like, who's like, when you're not home and something happens to his mom or him, mm-hmm. who are you going to turn to? You can't turn to the hood. And it's, and it's like, it, it's funny because I, I wanted to be LAPD. Right. I got disqualified from the process because of my credit. Yeah. So I would have been there right now. And for me, like, it it hurts me because it's like, you know, it's just with racism, with prejudice, with everything. It just comes down to whether the person's ignorant or not. Yeah. Depending on what color they are, what uniform they're wearing or anything like that. You know, so for me to see everything that's going on and I, I still have friends that hit me up, hey, Hey, are you still a cop? And I was like, what? Like, no, you know, but I, I did want to. And, right. and it's funny when I bring that up because the, the conversation changes. It right. comes, it becomes more neutral. It's not, it's not persuasive or anything right. like that, you know? So I, I've wanted to seek out the truth and, and give all that I can to Noah and, and, you know, for our sons and everything. But it's, it, it's a everyday process. It is. You know, if I drive somewhere, I'm listening to something. Yeah. If I wake up, uh, the other day I woke up at like five in the morning because no one wanted a bottle or something. And, and I just started meditating. Now I don't do that a lot, but you know, my girl was like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, give me a minute, you know, but I constantly daily keep trying to better myself so that Noah can see that. That's good. I don't want to fix my problems through Noah because that's not how you should raise somebody. But there, there's a, another thing that I saw where it was, I think, the, the Dalai Lama saying something where, you know, times are going to be different. Your son has grown up, like you said, in 2020. You didn't have 2020 before. Right. So work with him and grow together. Mm. Don't, don't teach him things mm. from your past because he doesn't know anything like that. You know, like don't, don't fix anything through that. Grow together. When you grow together, you'll be the best father, mother that you can be. It, it, and it's crazy that you say that. It, and it's just, it really is mind-blowing because I'm, I'm thinking back to how I am with Atlas and, and how I treat him. And, it, and 
uh, one of the things that I, I always tell his mom is that I parent from a very dark place because I didn't have a father because I had an abusive mother mm-hmm. and and I my fear I projected in the sense of I'm almost like a helicopter parent you know because I don't want my kid to get hurt I don't want him to fall and like yeah. that, and, and that's the thing that, that that sticks in my head but at the same time she's really hands off in the sense of let him be independent yeah. you know and and again the name Atlas I want him to grow to be strong and carry the entire universe on his back and get through his every day to day life. Yeah. You know, Atlas translates to enduring. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's beautiful that you name your son Noah because Noah was was the obedient one. Mm-hmm. And he and he heard, you know, God's command and God's yeah. will. And in return he he was blessed for, for hundreds of years with all the family and he was the one that, you know, put out that, 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 that was the one on the boat, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Don't, That's it. Don't with the giraffes yeah, and the I'm going to remove assistant pastor from, <laughs> from my resume now. <laughs> so, okay, we can go back to school for that. Don't worry. There's a YouTube for that, I'm there's sure. There's a YouTube yes. for that. Exactly. And then there's five videos of a guy saying, no, it was aliens. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, man. It's, it's so true. Yeah. So, you, you being a, a legitimate Angelino, right? Yes, sir. What would be some of your favorite spots to eat? Oh, and it could be hole in the wall. Just, just give me the real LA. Tommy's number one. Tommy's. See, see? So, so, so she can't. Tommy's. She doesn't comprehend it. She doesn't no, comprehend it. I've, I've had friends that have tried to tell me, hey, you know, the um, it's dog food. This other place has good chili cheese fries. I was like, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Tommy's is in a whole different level. The original. Yes. If if it doesn't have the shack, take it back. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Because this guy took me to a Tammy's, and I was like, oh. Oh my God, they got everything there. And I was like, it says Tammy's, it's Tammy's. Dude, not Tommy. Tammy's number four. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, no. So that's a given right there. Uh, Tommy's for chili cheese, anything. Um, again, I most of the spots that, that I love, I associate with different parts of my lifetime. And that's when I had one of the biggest loves in my life. She lived <laughs> three blocks away from that. Look at that. And I didn't know Tommy's until really I was there. And... It was the everyday thing. One of my one of my good friends, Ziggy, we would he would get off of work late. We did it for one month straight. Twelve p.m. Well, twelve a.m. Tommy's run every day for a month. How did my digestive system work? With the that? mega combo, mega combo, all the way. I get mad right now when they don't ask me if I want a quarter pound patty, if not the one third, three, please. And I'm like, I'm so, like, what do you? Yeah. Do you want chili cheese fries? I said mega combo. Mega combo. Please give me everything. Make whatever sure you, you got. The throw cheese. It at me. All the little peppers. Oh, man. I'll stand over there. Yes. <laughs> All that. Um, being Latino, taco spots, man. 100%. I, I, moved, I moved to La Crescenta, mm-hmm. which is roughly 15 minutes away from where I grew up. Right. And everything closes at 10. Yeah. La Crescenta, Montrose is, yeah. is very, yeah. And so I tell people, Los Angeles has a very unique ability. Right. You can wake up at any time of the day, go do whatever you want, go eat whatever you want, because something's always open. That's LA. You know, so all the taco spots, um, thankfully, in Van Nuys, we have this dude that comes and posts up on Thursday, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. So that's all I'm eating. Uh, tacos Way is... is, is oh, yes. <laughs> I love Tacos Way. Tacos and and. I I want to big, give a big shout out to La Estrella in Highland Park, right down oh, from York and Fig. Yes. I used to ditch school just to go get burritos there. So yeah, yeah. I used to live right off of uh, yeah, Figueroa Fifty Two. Yeah, so. so so you yeah you 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 know immediately the the, the culture. Yeah. Uh, where would you recommend uh, someone visiting go eat sushi? 
Sushi. Oh, man. Because LA is like the, you, everyone has a sushi spot in LA. Mine is Octopus and Glendo. That one, that one's amazing. There's another one that's right off of Franklin that's right next to this place called Birds. It's like a little bar. Mm-hmm. But it's a very small hole in the wall spot. Those spots for me, I feel, give you the, the best bang for your buck. Because they're small. They're trying to make a reputation for themselves. So they're going to put their heart and soul into the food. You know, I'm always up for trying new things. But yeah, that, that's one of the, the main spots that we go right off of Franklin, right across the Scientology building. So. Yeah. I think I know what you're talking about now. <laughs> yeah, I, I forget the name because it's so small. Right, right. You know, but, I mean, that's a great spot. Um, my my aunt on my mom's side, she's Salvadorian. She she married um, a person from Thailand. You know, my huh. uncle's from Thai. So I love Thai food also. Vans, so- Ocha. Yeah. Those are the spots, man. Those the are- seafood soup. Uh, what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I mean, that just hits the spot. And... and what I love is is that all these places for me are is comfort food. Yeah. You know, because like I said, you know, I've, I've had so many different run-ins here in L.A. with a bunch of different things. And I've found spots because of those. You know, I, I used to hang out with some friends that they would only go to Ocha and I've never heard of Ocha. And I was like, <laughs> now I know what Ocha is, yeah, you know, shout out to Ocha. and it just it just gets better. It gets better you know? and better. And- and, and, and uh, despite, you know, no matter what nationality food it is mm-hmm. in L.A., it's always Mexicans in the kitchen. Yo. Always. 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 And I'm like, dude, if, if they can do that, I can do that at home. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I love cooking, man. I love cooking. Dude. Oh, my God. If it were for me, the house that I that I choose to buy is going to be built around the kitchen. And that's exactly what that's we're my doing. Number one. That's what we're doing. Yes. And so what I want to do later on when I have my little chef thing and everything is i want to make sure that you know if my son says you know i feel like having you know, Shinoya, bam i can cook that in the house that's what's i up. feel like having seafood soup bam this is my version of it that's what's up you know i i took cooking class in in high school and got a fat a <laughs> fat a and my teacher told me at the end for the final she's like you know what i'm gonna have to ask you for something i was like what's that She's like, I need you to make sopes for the whole class. Sopes. Sopes. That was my final. Orale. She's like, I need you to make it for the whole class. And I have some staff that wants it as well. I told them about your cooking. And one thing that she brought up, which she liked, is that I'll take my mom's recipes and I'll tweak them. Right. So my mom doesn't cook tr- traditional Salvadorian. She doesn't cook traditional Mexican. Mm. She cooks a fusion between... El Salvador, Mexico, and the U.S. I could only imagine how crazy that is because, like, when you said sope, I was like, "All right, that's that's almost a pupusa." If you know, right. depending on how you, how you want to make it or who's yeah. making it, but yeah, yeah, dude, and and it's it's uh, again, you know, for me, everything that I do has passion in it. So my food has to be decorated to the point where you're salivating before that even gets into you. That's crazy. So it, it's just for me, it's a way of life. You know, I try and do everything as best as I could. To kind of show and and perfect example is you know I got into graffiti. I wanted to ask you yeah. about that because I know we had tons of conversations about that. I got into graffiti because I felt that um, I wasn't who I wanted to be at the time, and I wanted recognition for anything that I did. I think that's like almost every graffiti artist. Yeah, you know. So I, I grew up. I grew up. Um, pretty much the tallest in my class all the time. Same and work. with my mom and, and her bringing us up in sports, I always wanted to go with the kids that had the less, the least chance to win. Only because 
my empathy, my immense empathy started back then. And it's like, why, why can't I just help them out to have them feel better right now? So I purposely go with the kids that were smaller or didn't know too much. And I would kind of like work them up and we would beat these other guys. For the record, I think uh, this is how Cal uh, met me. <laughs> I think this is our origin story. Legit. Like it was the short chubby guy in the back that was mad at everything. I wanted to make him good. But look at us now, man. Yeah. I mean, we're reaching we're millions fathers. of people, yeah. you know, and, and our, our reputation precedes us, man. You, you, are, you are a very unique person in your own right, Thank and you. you are unforgettable. Thank you. Which is something that, that is really important for me because if somebody does that by being themselves, like you could spot that from a fake person anywhere, yeah. anywhere, you know? So I appreciate everything that I, you're doing, man. I, I appreciate you too, man. And, and, yeah. and I, I think, again, being a dad is, is what really lit a fire under my ass. Because I had all these dreams and I had all these aspirations. And to be honest, I, I, I just wrote on the back of depression to, to, to the point where it made me move out of, out of LA. And out of all that, I got a beautiful little boy yeah. You know, and, and not just that, but his mom is, is just the absolute hardest worker that, you know, and one of the strongest women I've ever met in my life. And when you put two and two together, you're like, well, fuck it. This is my rocket fuel. Yeah. This is, I'm, if, and if I'm going to make it to the top, it's because of these people, you know, and, mm. and I didn't have that at home. And, and the people that surrounded me, as much as, you know, you guys wanted to uplift me, I couldn't uplift myself. Yeah, I, I feel I got a, a like a, a reset button yeah. done. Yeah. I went to school for, I've always liked learning, but I've been at, I've been bad at going to college. Really? If you have the, if you give me the ability to go home, when I did, I, I would go home, you know, and I started working. So I, I gravitated more towards money than, than books, but I, I managed to go to school for paralegal. I, I remember that. Paralegal. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to school for mechanics. I went to mechanics. So now, um, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. And, and now with Noah, I feel like, okay, you know, I, I, my dream was always to graduate from a four-year university. Um, my sister just recently graduated with her bachelor's, Shout which I am so happy for her. Yeah. So it's like, you know, why not join it? So I'm finally going back now for what I love. And, and it's funny when I tell people this because I have some friends that are just like, oh, that's too hard. I wouldn't do that. Mm. But I'm going for a double major, physics and chemistry. Okay because so what are you trying to do with that you know there's there's i'm not so much going for it to seek a job in that like i would i would love to work in that but it's for me this has been the biggest thing that i've been so fascinated about that i want to understand better for noah because um you know just recently i found out that there's this guy named um nasim haramein He's a physicist, and he managed to marry physics um, with quantum physics. We, we talked about quantum physics, you yes, and I, in the past dude. a lot. And it's, it's mind-blowing to know that the equations that Albert Einstein had, the equations that, that, that other people had, he has found what combines everything. Really? So I'm like, dude, I'm so outdated with what I knew about science. I need to go back to school, man. There's yeah. no way for me to try and even so much as show Noah, but for me to learn it. You're going back to school for your kid. Yeah. And, and uh, just to point out like a few other things, I think you're the only person other than myself that 
knew that Jizza was a was a in the closet <laughs> yes, uh, quantum scientist. Yes, sir. Yeah, like a member of the Wu Tang is talking about like proton theory and dude, Wu Tang brought me to so much, man. They they showed me Shaolin. They showed um, me crime. Yeah. <laughs> I I just took graffiti and crime from Wu Tang. You know, it, it's it's amazing. Yeah, you're right. And it's like these things are, are things that you wouldn't normally mm-hmm. expect. And at the same time, there's so many people that are just comfortable not challenging themselves. That's that's true. You know, and it's like, I, I don't want to be safe. Yeah. You know, I want to push because that's one thing that I tell um, my girl right now, too, is like, you, you got to fight for what you want. She has this thing where she's as empathetic as I am. Right. And she spends her day. It's funny. She told me about a story where... Um, it was a TikTok, and they saw a man holding a child that was covering his mouth, walking in a pool. And mind you, as she's telling me, I'm, I'm kind of getting upset already, you know? Yeah. And she's like, this pool is in Newport Beach. It's an apartment complex. There's a lot of people around. No one's telling this guy anything. So I was like, okay. And she's like, and then the mother comes with another little baby and just takes the kid, and then that's it. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, I have so many questions. Yeah. To make a long story short, it turns out that there was a girl at this apartment complex that was filming what this guy was doing. It turns out that he's an abusive father. And the mother has probably been abused as well. Didn't really tell him anything. So I guess he was trying to teach his kid how to swim, how not to swim or anything like that. But they were giving this girl a lot of grief. You know, um, they're like, how can you sit there and just record things and not do anything, not call the police? And she's like, no, I did call the police. She's like, but I wanted to film it because word of mouth is different from having actual proof. Exactly. So she's basically said, you know, if you guys want to follow up on this, there's more updates. I can't really divulge a lot of information, but you guys can call Newport um, right. Police Department and ask. And she's like, and I did that. And I was like, you did what? She's like, I called the Newport Police Department. I was like, you took time out of your day, your work day. She works at UCLA to call and find out and she's like teary-eyed yeah she's like i couldn't just leave it like that so i was like look man i was like you're in the wrong profession i go you your passion is helping people your passion is seeing the injustice in doing something Hmm. nobody else is gonna know that you called that place but you right but you did that because you needed to do that for yourself right i go you need to fight for what you want you know there, there, was a, there was a perfect example that said, God gives everyone a special gift. Mm. It's up to you whether or not you want to use that gift. If you suppress that gift, then on your deathbed, your gift is going to be right there. And it's going to tell you what happened. God gave me to you for a reason, but you didn't want to use me. That's crazy. You know, so I, I see that visually. So anything that I feel like I can do, I'll do it. And it makes me pump up other people. And what better person than my baby's mom to be like, fight for it. Because at this point, you fighting for what you love is going to show Noah that he needs to fight for what what he loves. That's beautiful, bro. You know, and and it's it's just something that I try and do with every. I send people like uh, my friends, you know, motivational videos, Tony Robbins. You or, do do that. I've, I've always yeah. noticed that about yeah. you. Like, and you would always have like a new quote in your email. Yeah, and dude. I'm like, and it's like, like, like fucking cows on some other shit, bro. Just let me be mad over here. It's my, I, I listen to now four top people, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. 
some uh, doctor of something called epigenetics, which is amazing, right. Joe Dispenza. Um, this guy named Ralph Smart, he does uh, Infinite Waters on YouTube. Every day he puts up a motivational video. And now there's new physicist, Nassim Haramein. Right. And that's, that's like my cabinet. That's who I go to, like, to bounce ideas off and everything. That's gets like your Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan type. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. So, you know, I use that to kind of help. And, and the minute that I hear someone say, um, like, one of my friends, she's like, oh, I don't know if I could ever be a supervisor. Mm. And I was like, why? She's like, I'm just not the type of person for I, Have you ever been taught how to be a supervisor? She's like, no. I go, so why are you stopping yourself? I, I go, that's called a limiting belief. Mm. I was like, don't do that. Here's a, here's a video. Watch this. Come back at me. Let's let's converse about this. You know, so it's it's something that I feel like I was put on this earth to help. Yeah. You know, whichever way, whether it's detailing your car, um, helping you reach something because I'm tall, whatever. Yeah. I'm here to help. And, and that's the thing that I told my executive producer about you is that like it's it's kind of weird to say that with all this stuff behind him, he's the most approachable person in the world. Like I knew I didn't even like I, I had never even formally met you, but I was already making fun of you for driving a Subaru. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and I was like, oh, this big dude didn't snap on me? All right, all right we're, yeah. then we're cool then. Then we're cool. All right, he can take a joke. Then, then we're friends at this point. Yeah. You know, and uh, 2020 has is, is just been the year of, of grief yeah. and disbelief. Um, what would you tell a kid growing up in 2020? Um, you know what? The, there's going to be times in life that are going to be hard. And where you're going to excel is how you're going to deal with that. Mm. Um, you can't let things get to you. Some things are going to be harder than others. Some things you're going to feel a lot more. But if you don't pick yourself up and if you don't push just that much harder the next time, you're going to get so buried under everything that it's going to be hard for you to come out. Damn, bro. You know? Yeah. So. That's, that, that's, that's deep, brother. So. Yeah. But yeah, I, I really want to thank you for, you know, coming on oh, to this. Thank you. I, it, it was funny because when I was getting all this stuff ready, I was just mm -hmm. having panic attack after panic attack, just <laughs> locking down people and people canceling, people going left and right and people, yeah. you know, just not even responding to me at that point. And I called you yeah. and I said, hey, maybe down the line I can have you on. And that same week I said, I got a cancellation, my boy. Can, can, yeah. can you fit in? You were the, you know, 10 toes down from the beginning. Dude, you know, I've been excited for this, man. And, and just just again, for me to be able to help you in what you're doing. That's what I'm here for. I think that's 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 what people need to hear, especially as like Latino men, yes. especially if those that, that, that have issues because one of you is Salvadorian or one of you is Mexican or mm -hmm. one of you is Korean or one of you is Guatemalan. It doesn't matter where doesn't you're matter. from. Help each other out because that's we're right. all we have. We're all we have. I, I And one of the things that I, I always try to let people know is in California, California itself is the fifth largest economy in the world. Yeah. Do you know how dangerous and how beautiful it would be if Latinos, blacks, and Asians, and anyone that they lived in California just supported one another? And yes. Exactly. Yes. It's, so. it's funny. George Lopez has this one thing. He's like, Latinos have this one thing that can kill any accomplishment that you've ever had. Mm. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, that person just got a degree. Ah, yeah. Who cares? And it's 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 really important because and so many right. of us were raised by parents like that too. Yeah, oh, right. that's not important. How you can you? It's, yeah. it's a win for your kid. Yeah, you know. So, everyone out there, please, you know, take into account your sons and daughters are important. You're important, and they're most, watching your every move, man. And those of you that that, that choose to be alone, friendship and mm -hmm. a, you know companionship is very important. And I think my friend today proved it. 
Uh, that being said, where can my followers find find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Blacklisted SoCal. Uh huh. Um, I have the YouTube channel Blacklisted SoCal. Also, um, I have my website www.blacklistedsocal.com. That's what's uh, up for my detailing and just anywhere on there. All right, man. Thank anywhere you. Thank you. I appreciate this, brother. Thanks, man.